Welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Here is your host, Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof, a nationally recognized health educator, author of the award-winning book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty, and creator of the Talk Puberty app. And welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast. My name is Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof. And today we're going to talk about puberty parties, in which when you hear that phrase, you're probably like, what? What is that? To help me out, I have a guest. This is the first time I'm meeting her, and I'm so excited to get to know more about her and about her philosophy behind what she's doing for the puberty party. Her name is Dr. Fatou Forna. And would you say hello to our listeners this morning and give us a little bit about your background? Hi, everyone. How are you, Laurie? Nice to meet you and thanks for inviting me. So I am an OBGYN, an obstetrician gynecologist, um, you know, and and also an epidemiologist. So I work uh, on improving maternal health and keeping pregnant women safe. And in the process also, you know, kind of I work throughout the, the continuum, uh, you know, from preteens and, and teenagers all the way uh, through menopause. So I spend a lot of time working with teenagers, you know, and, and just empowering them, giving them the information they need to protect their sexual and reproductive health. Because, you know, when you are healthy and you can protect your own sexual and reproductive health, you can choose when you get the time you get pregnant, which is the right time. And you can also, uh, you know, that can help you be healthy when you are pregnant. So I kind of work all the way from teens uh, uh, till the end of the reproductive life. Excellent. And you've done work here in the States with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Mm -hmm. And then you've also worked for the World Health Organization. So you have this vast knowledge and experience that not only in one place, but the world. Yes. No, I've spent, you know, after I did my residency, first of all, I went to Duke for medical school. uh, And then after medical school, I I did a residency in OBGYN at Emory. Uh, university. And after Emory, I, I did a fellowship at the Centers for Disease Control called the Epidemic Intelligence Service. So basically, I was a disease detective uh, and traveled all over the world. And I worked mostly in HIV, in women's health. I did that, you know, worked as a clinical OBGYN uh, for about a decade and then uh, worked with the World Health Organization in Sierra Leone, uh, working to prevent maternal mortality. So to keep women safe and kind of how that links to, uh, you know, puberty in, in a way is in Sierra Leone, it's one of the countries that has the highest teenage pregnancy rates in the world. So about half of all girls are either pregnant or have had their first child by the age of 19. Uh, So very important, um, you know, to get that information to girls early that they can actually, uh, they have a big role to play in protecting their own sexual and reproductive health. Again, thank you for being here. How I met 
Dr. Forna was through her Facebook page called The Puberty Party. Would you tell us about that? Because I think the title is something like The Puberty Party, Introduction to Woman and Manhood. Yes, yes. So puberty parties came about, uh, you know, I'm the author of a book called From Your Doctor to You, What Every Teenage Girl Should Know About Her Body, Sex, STDs, and Contraception. Uh, and I wrote this book because, uh, you know, I, I was born in Sierra Leone. I moved to the U.S. Uh, when I was 15. And growing up, my parents never said a single word to me about my body, about periods, about sex, uh, you know, STDs, contraception, nothing. So I grew up uh, in this vacuum where I, I, I think my, you know, I've, I've subsequently talked to my mom about this later. I think they felt that, you know, they were scared, didn't know what to say. And maybe there's this thought that if you don't talk to your kids about sex, then they won't have sex, right? So I grew up with no information I had to kind of read books and ask friends and figure things out on my own. And it was very scary. And, uh, you know, and I probably made a lot of mistakes because of that. Uh, so when I became an OBGYN, I decided I want to educate young girls uh, specifically so that they don't have to go through what I went through so that they have that information and can uh, start making decisions for themselves. So, you know, I, I was the type of OBGYN when I would see a mother, I would say, and do you have teenage daughters? Make sure you bring them to see me because the American College of OBGYN recommends that your first visit be by the time you're 15, you should have had your first visit with an OBGYN. It's not a visit where we examine you. It's mostly a counseling visit. Uh, So I would tell my moms, bring your daughter to see me. I'm sure you had the talk already, or if you haven't, I will help you. I will do the talk from the medical perspective. I don't do values. That's going to be you having that discussion with your daughter about values, but I'll I'll talk about the medical uh, issues. Uh, so over the years, I, you know, I really worked very well with teens. I had a lot of them come see me and we would just have the talk and spend 30 minutes uh, to an hour sometimes just going through puberty, all the things that they need to know and establishing that rapport and also with their moms getting that okay that, you know, later on, if you wanted to come see her for birth control or whatever, you can. So I did that. and. I have four kids, three daughters. And as you can, (laughs) you know, I did it very, very well at work, but it was actually very scary and difficult for me to do with my own daughter. You know, I did, I tried to practice what I preached and, you know, train them from when they were little and use the correct words for everything. Uh, But I, it was still harder for me to talk to my own children than it was for me to talk to other children. Uh, and you're so a gynecologist. I, a, so I would I, think, come on. <laughs> I am a gynecologist. I was the doctor in my practice where people would send their teens to, but there is this, there is this discomfort. There's this, and I think it's just an emotional feeling of these are my kids and, and the thought of them, uh, Growing up and having sex someday, it's just, just scary. 
so, you know, I did the best that I could. I think I did a much, much better job than my parents and had discussions with them all through their lives. But when they, my oldest daughter was, uh, I think she was about to turn 12, uh, you know, I felt, and of course they read my books, you know, so I'm the gynecologist. So they, they use the words, they know, I, I made them read my book and proofread it. So they had the information, but I felt kids just, they, they absorb and, and listen to things differently. And, and you need to meet people where they are. And I felt I, I needed more engagement uh, with them. I felt that, you know, maybe I need to talk to them with their friends so that they could uh, see that it's not so weird and kind of run away when things <laughs> got a, a little uh, uncomfortable. So number one, I wanted to do it with their friends. Number two, I also know that most cultures have this celebration of puberty and of womanhood. When you look all over the world, there's some kind of ceremony, uh, you know, in Sierra Leone, where I was from they have rites of passages for women where it would be a big celebration and a party and gifts and all of this. So I, I wanted to recreate uh, something like that uh, for my daughters. So I went up to, you know, my 12 year old at that point, I said, you know what? I think I want to have a puberty party for you. And she was just absolutely horrified. Like, Oh no, mom, you forced me to read all these books. <laughs> And I look at all these weird pictures. I am not having a puberty party. You know, so I kept talking to her and I said, it'll be fun and we'll have cake and pizza and balloons and it'll be with your friends. So finally, uh, she agreed. And I reached out to the mothers of the girls in her class. Uh, I was about 10 of them and they were just so excited. They're like, oh my God, I've needed to have the talk. I didn't know how to do it or I was scared to do it. And if I can do it in a group and you are doing it, we're on board. So we planned this puberty party. I took, uh, you know, the, the information in my book and made them into little modules and PowerPoint presentations. I also found some cool videos. You know, we just had music and food and balloons and cake and a cake that said puberty party, all of this. And, uh, we sat together, uh, you know, with her friends, and we just went through the curriculum. They got to stop and ask questions. They were so engaged. They laughed at the same time. They screamed at the same time. They said yuck and ew at the same time. <laughs> the moms got to ask questions and talk, and it was just so much fun. And at the end, my daughter came up to me and said, Mom, you know, I thought this would be weird, but it was actually a lot of fun. The moms were like, I learned a whole bunch. There, there was a lot in here that I didn't know myself. And, you know, it gave me the opportunity to now start having that. I'm going to feel um, it's going to be easy for me to go home and just kind of continue these conversations with my daughter. So uh, I took a small clip of that, of that party. We took a small clip from the back where we were discussing with the girls and I put it on Facebook and it went viral. You know, that same day it was, you know, thousands and thousands of shares and, uh, you know, about a million views and people from all over the world started asking, what's this puberty party? It sounds like fun. 
can you help me throw one for my daughter or son? And, you know, a lot of the moms were like, hey, I have sons. What about boys? Can't we do this for boys? I took that information and, and then took the, the, the modules and the presentations and made it into an online course. And I called it Puberty Party for, you know, teens or preteens, ages anywhere from 9 to 14, and realized that older kids needed just slightly more in-depth information. So I also created a womanhood and a manhood party Similar information, but more in depth for ages 15 to 19, you know, and then both of them went into areas like, you know, just your anatomy and sex and safety, uh, you know, alcohol, drugs, discussions with your parents, everything uh, that you needed to do. So after creating those courses, I started having puberty parties with people from all over the world, sometimes one-on-one, virtually sometimes in a group in person and you know I've done groups anywhere from you know six to ten to seventy the largest I've ever done it's a huge group with 70 moms and daughters and and in the process then created this Facebook group called Puberty Party where again parents and moms and dads can join and ask and this one is a community where you know, you can just ask questions to different other moms because there was just so much information that I, I was learning, you know, from other moms and from people like you, you know, about around, you know, shaving, uh, you know, all of these different things. So that's where the Puberty Party Facebook group also came along. So you have the Puberty Party Facebook page. You have courses for like for puberty parties, not really courses. I, I don't want it to be like it's a school thing, but it's yes. like an opportunity to learn in a, a festival type of environment. Mm-hmm. And it's called puberty parties, and you have that available. And mm-hmm. then these going into womanhood and manhood. Mm-hmm. I find it fascinating that when you say, you know, in different places of the world, there is a celebration for this transition. I know as a child, I was always fascinated when I found out about Native American culture and how there was a celebration at one point when they reached a certain age or they had an experience. Mm -hmm. You know, how do we in the year 2021 help young people figure out that this is a transition and to celebrate Mm -hmm. I'm no longer a child, but I'm becoming this adult person. And this is exciting. Correct. Yeah, it's it's really exciting. And uh, I think. It is something to be celebrated, right? It's something to be talked about. I think it's this bizarre, uh, and this is not just where I grew up. It's all over the world. Parents have this real discomfort talking to kids uh, about those issues. And I think, and maybe that's why this celebration evolved in different cultures, because maybe getting the community together, celebrating this, it's an opportunity maybe for parents to make it a little easier and to get help from the aunties and the friends and, and uh, you know, to talk to your kids. So, so maybe that's why this evolved. Certainly in the health education field, we have that term, a cue to action. So you've created some cues to action mm-hmm. and in which I also have the book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty. And then I also created the Talk Puberty app. It's currently available on Apple products. 
it's like a, a discussion tool where yep. a family can just go through it either on an iPad or a phone and go question by question. And there's a simple answer. And then there's an open question area where you just talk because there's nothing mm-hmm. that's right or wrong because parents need it. They have yeah. this. We don't want to see our children grow up, grow up all the time. And yeah. it's hard to see them grow up, but it's also exciting. Yes. And then some of us were not spoken with, as you had said. Yep. Yep. I, I think that's helpful. You know, I, I think what you describe, the app you describe, parents need someone to kind of hold their hand because, you know, you you feel helpless as a parent. I mean, I have felt helpless. The whole OBGYN, who that's what I do for a living, you need that extra help, you know, to kind of make sure you're covering all of those bases with your kids because I, I liken it to, uh, you know, Parents love their children. They want to make sure they're protected and they grow up right, right? And we teach our kids, for example, how to cross cross the road. We spend a lot of time saying, this is what you do. You stop, you look left, you look right, you walk slowly, you, you know, you don't run. We, we do all of that for something that's as very important, crossing the road. But we don't necessarily have a guide uh, to do it for puberty and for reproductive health. And it's really, really important that as a parent, you take that time, you prioritize, you find the tools you need, but you need to give your children uh, those tools. And one of the things I created, I developed something called the three E's framework Uh, to help parents talk to their kids about reproductive health. And the E's are, one is endorsement. Parents really need to endorse sexuality, promote a positive approach, model it themselves so that be be mindful of what you say, you know, when when you're looking at movies, when you're talking about people, because your kids absorb that information. And so you need to model that sex is a natural part of being human, you know, as you grow up, this is, you know, how we reproduce and this is how we populate the earth. So uh, you need to, a lot of us grew up with a lot of shame around sexuality and we're trying to break that cycle. So, so endorsement is one thing parents have to, to figure out how to endorse sexuality for their children. Number two is education. Uh, kids need to be educated about their sexual and reproductive health, whether it's the app that you talked about, your book, my book, courses, others, you need to make sure your, your kids are getting that comprehensive education uh, that they need to get that information to be able to protect their own sexual and reproductive health. And the third E is empowerment. Parents must empower their kids to protect their own sexual and reproductive health. I think as parents, we have to understand that all we can do is, you know, give them the information, make sure we've modeled the behavior, there's endorsement there. But at the end of the day, you have to empower them because, it, you know, when they're with their friends, they're by themselves. When they go off to college or as adults, they're by themselves All you can do is give them the tools so that when they're by themselves, they can make the right decisions. And I think if you give kids what they need, you don't hide things, you discuss, you're free, 
you talk about, uh, you know, you talk about sex freely. You talk about protecting themselves, protecting others. You talk about safety. You will just be so amazed. Uh, you know, studies have shown that when kids have the information and it's not hidden and they don't have to go search in the internet, they can actually make a decision uh, and make the right decision. One of the things I do in my course the, the uh, a home or one of the homework activities that I do is, uh, you know, at the end of the course, I ask uh, the kids. So this is a course for kids to go through on their own. I said, your homework is to go have a discussion with your parents uh, and decide together, talk about your values and decide together at what age you want to have sex. And and that's something that just, I, you know, no one ever asked me. Uh, but when you make a plan, you're more likely to be safe, to do the right thing, and more likely to follow it. So it might be for some kids, I'm already having sex, and I'm 17, and, and I'm in high school. And when you have a discussion with your parents, then the discussion needs to be, okay, how can we make you safe so that you're protecting yourself from infections and pregnancy? Or... It might be, I'm not having sex. I want to have sex when I'm married. Okay, so we can plan around that. Or I want to have sex when I go to college or when I'm 18 or when I'm 21. And what that does is as a parent, you know, okay, this is what my my daughter or my son has planned. These are the things we need to do. You know, I think you need to make sure you see a doctor before you know, and you also let your children know that it is okay to change your minds. Because as human beings, uh, you know, I didn't plan on having sex. I, I, I was going to have sex when I was married, but I'm in college now and I have a boyfriend and mom. I, I think I've changed. Come back mm-hmm. to me if you've changed. And so I want to get on birth control because I'm going to have sex. And and that is okay. Um, so we, we really need to make sure we give them those three E's endorsement, education, and empowerment to make the right decision. Wonderful. In health education, I'm originally a school health educator, and now I train future school and physical educators. And we have these standards in the United States. We have eight, and they're skill-based. So it's accessing reliable resources. It's decision-making, and we break it down. What are these steps? There's a decide model or a power model. The theory behind it is by providing skill development, young people will be able to apply that to these situations, like you said. And there's an activity some of my students just did that was called in the moment Mm -hmm. in which if they're not thinking beforehand about decisions and they're in the moment, their hormones are going and it's more (laughs) difficult to be like, whoa, whoa. So it's real stuff happens. I do also want our listeners to understand, though, that what Dr. Forna said about talking with children and youth, the research supports that if families are talking together, there is a delay in activity. There is a delay. I have never seen any research to say if we talk to children, they're going to do it. It's Mm -hmm. more they learn about it. They are more empowered. I love that Mm -hmm. word that you used, your, your third E. They're empowered to make better decisions for themselves. And, and this is why I'm so passionate about talking with children when they're younger. If you talk to them about their basic body changes and some Mm -hmm. of the questions they have about their identity, 
then as they age, you can continue to have these conversations. You're creating a base. So it gets, yep. instead of jumping in at 16 and going, yes. okay, we need to have a talk. No, this is a series of talks throughout Correct. your life. Correct. Yes. You, you have to start young and build on it. They're going to be horrified if you just say, let's just have this big talk now. Uh, but if you've had that talk all the way from when they're two and three and they're using the bathroom and you explain why as a mommy, you, you use the bathroom differently from dads. We, you know, how, you know, your urethra is located here. And therefore, when you pee, you, you know, daddy pees standing up and mommy pees sitting down. And, and they just get those words and urethra and vagina and anus and, and it's just normal. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so when you do build on that a few years later and you talk about periods, you know, and where the menstrual blood comes out of, it's not strange. They already know that women have three holes, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in that genital area. So it's not a strange concept. But if you haven't given them that, you know, that background, that 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 basis, it just blows their mind when you want to have this big talk. Yes. So I've heard more regarding women doing things for their daughters regarding puberty. Yes. What, what do you recommend for boys, like for that celebration? Yes. So uh, that's a good point. You know, there's, there's a lot, there's a big focus on girls, girls, girls. And it's very important also for boys. And again, even for boys in different cultures, their rites of passage to manhood. You know, my puberty party that I put together, I also put one together for boys uh, because I also have a son and it's it's very important. And for me as an OBGYN, that was even more scary for me. I have no idea. I'm like, uh, you know, what do I do? You know, what's a wet dream? What's a, uh, you know, h- how do you get all this information to sons? So my husband's a pediatrician. And when I started getting getting these questions about puberty party for boys, I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. I, I know none of this stuff. So I got his help and, and developed this curriculum also uh, for sons where you do go through all of those issues that are unique to boys and the shaving, you know, and the changes they go through and, uh, you know, erections and, you know, nocturnal emissions or wet dreams. So all of those different issues we go through. Uh, you know, from talking with my husband and he's, he takes care of teenage boys and, and also has the talk with them. He said, boys kind of think a little bit different uh, from girls also. And you do have to give some step-by-step instructions. It's, it's very important for boys that they get that information, but also that they are celebrated. You know, this concept of a puberty party for them is also important. One of the things I do is, um, you know, in the puberty party, I, and I, I actually do a puberty party pampering experience once a year. Oh, nice. uh, and yes, and it's, uh, it's uh, you know, now, especially with COVID now, it's the uh, my online course, but I put together something where moms anywhere in the world can join this experience. And I recommend you take your daughter. You know, if you can go to a hotel, great, just for one night and say, I am going to celebrate you today. We are going to get massages and get our nails done, have fancy dinners, whatever. 
and then set, you know, three hours uh, uh, to join other mother-daughter peers and go through this course together and have this discussion and then spend some time one-on-one being pampered. Uh, and there's also a, a nice big puberty party, you know, gift basket that you can get that has all of the fun things in it, in addition to the stuff that you need. So in the course for girls, we practice uh, putting on a ta- in a tampon, you know, so the stuff you need to do that. But we also do something similar for boys. Okay. Uh, and my husband does those. And it's the same thing. You need to go away if it's with your dad or if your dad's not available, if it's with your mom, a time for just you and your son or daughter to bond, to be celebrated, you know, to, to just have this focus to say, yes, you are growing from a, 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 a child to a teenager, or you're growing from a, a teen to a woman or a man. I see you. I celebrate you. Let's take some time uh, to have slightly more focused dis- discussions, but also just to celebrate this phase in life. That's wonderful. So you have this partnership. You're you're doing yes. all these things together. That's great. Now, a question. Say if we have a child who's listening in and unfortunately they don't have a caretaker that thinks this is of importance or mm-hmm. they're so busy or maybe they don't have a regular caretaker. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're in a home that has a foster parent and they're moving yeah. around. What do you recommend for those children to celebrate? You know, I think a lot of this, you know, growth as a human being, a lot of it comes from within. And, and, and it's very important, yes, that you are celebrated and validated from the outside. But at the end of the day, the strongest and most important quality is that for yourself, you have the information that you need to grow from child to adult and to feel empowered that you have this information and that no one else can protect your sexual and reproductive health for you. Your parent can't do it. Your aunt can't do it. A friend can't do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. So for the child that I think doesn't have that outside help, do it for yourself. Seek out this information. And there are lots of free resources Uh, you know, online and videos, uh, uh, you know, find out as much information as you have and synthesize that information and and on the inside say, okay, this is what I'm going to do with the information because my sexual and reproductive health is very important. And these are the plans that I'm going to make for my own health uh, to protect uh, my own health. So I do think it's possible that you do it. Uh, you celebrate yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is something, you know, as you grow up, we talk about self, self-care. self Yes. This is the beginning of self-care. It's one of the most important things that you can do because your sexual and reproductive health governs a lot of things in your life. When you choose to have children, when you choose to have sex, all of those things will can affect you for the rest of your life. So it does have to come from inside. So it's okay if you don't have the cheerleaders. It's great if you do, but if you don't, you are your own cheerleader. You are your biggest cheerleader. You can do these things yourself. 
you just reminded me of something that we sometimes do in the schools and some people do it on their own. If you're a young person, write a letter to yourself, to your mm-hmm. older self. You can put down your desires, your dreams, like what you're thinking about when you'll do things like Dr. Forna had said, and also the traits that you care about for yourself. Make a poem for yourself. Put it in mm-hmm. something that you'll find at a later time to celebrate. Do something special for yourself because this is a, a really neat time of this growth of, hey, I was a kid and now I'm becoming this teen and this, this adult. It's a celebration. And to pause, reflect on it. Sometimes we yes. don't always pause or even celebrate. And it is okay to sometimes just, even if if you need to separate from others that are always rush, 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 go and even sit by yourself for a little while and think about how wonderful your life, you're going through these changes, how many yes. things are going to change <laughs> in which you're going to get more independent and then interdependent as you get older. Absolutely. I, I think you said it all, the pause and celebrate is so important. I think puberty party means can mean different things for different people. You know, whether it's by yourself and you pause and you celebrate, or, you know, there are people who a puberty party is a one-on-one thing with a mother and a daughter, a father and a, a daughter, a father and a son, right? And they celebrate together. For some people, it's a celebration with that one child and all the aunts and the women in the family or all the cousins and things like that. For some people, it's a big bash, uh, you know, and they want to be loud or, you know, for some people, it's a getaway to a hotel for a day. For some people, it's I'm going to sit in your room and we're going to, you know, just talk or we're going to go for a walk. So take the word puberty party or the concept and personalize it for yourself. Your idea of celebration is going to look very different from someone else's. And it's okay. As long as we're celebrating, uh, that's what's important. Thank you so much. Before we go, would you mind telling us a little bit more about the Mama Pinkin Foundation? When I was on your website, I saw some, some information about that. Would you mind telling the listeners about that? Oh, yes. So the Mama Pekin Foundation, Mama Pekin means mother child uh, in Creole, which is a a language uh, in Sierra Leone, where I'm from. And it was a foundation created to improve the health of women and children uh, in Sierra Leone. Sierra Leone has uh, one of the highest maternal mortalities, child mortality uh, in the world. So for myself and my husband, we wanted to do something to improve their health. So we've had the foundation since, since 2008. And we do simple things, supporting, for example, clinics in different rural areas. Uh, we developed something called a delivery bucket, uh, which for women in labor, sometimes women in rural areas have to walk miles uh, when they're in labor to get a health facility to deliver a baby there. Or some women choose not to go to a health facility because, you know, it's too far. They don't have the money or the supplies, things like that. So we created a simple bucket that has a little cloth to wrap a baby and keep the baby warm when it's born. A sheet of plastic uh, to provide a clean delivery soft surface and a bar of soap 
to bathe the baby. Uh, so that simple bucket costs about $7 or so. And we provide that to every woman who delivers in a health facility. Uh, we also support transportation, you know, a motorcycle taxi to take you to a health facility uh, when you're in labor. That's costs about a dollar. And we, pro- and, and just those two simple interventions, you know, have tripled, for example, deliveries in a health facility in the areas where we work. Delivering in a health facility is much, much safer than delivering at home. So it's really saving uh, the lives of mothers and babies. So uh, it's something that we've, we've enjoyed doing, you know, it's over the years. And in fact, we, uh, a fun thing we had happen was in, in 2018, we had CNN come out, uh, kind of follow us through Sierra Leone and did a, um, a show called Inside Africa, just to kind of showcase that work. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. So all of those activities that I, I discussed are on my website, www.drfatufourna.com, D-R-F-A-T-U-F-O-R-N-A.com. It has a CNN video, uh, he has links to all those courses, books, all of that stuff is on the website. Wonderful. And thank you for everything that you're doing. I'm speechless about hearing that in that bucket, it's a towel, plastic mm-hmm. bag, and soap. And yeah. you consider what happens in the United States where we have so many more resources it's like, wow. So thank you for everything that you're doing. Do you have any last words of advice for any of our listeners, whether they be a younger person or an older person? Yes, I do. I think how important it is, you know, as kids go through this transition in, you know, from child to teen to adulthood, how important it it is to give them the information they need to protect their own sexual and reproductive health. Whether, uh, you know, as a parent, this is something that we shouldn't just leave to chance. We have to be intentional because our children need it. They want it. They need the guidance. And if we don't make it easy for them and give them that guidance, they will get that guidance from their friends and they will get it from the internet and you are, you know, you are not as much, you don't get, you, you don't give them the information uh, that uh, you think is important as a parent. And I think it's important as that as a parent, you get to them, share the information that you think is important, and that's going to help them uh, develop their own path. So parents don't ignore this issue. It's hard, but you have the resources, you can totally do it. And for younger people, getting this information from a, a reputable source, very important for you uh, to create that pathway for yourself as you grow from a child or young adult to an adult. Thank you again. I, I feel so blessed, Dr. Forna, that you're here right now talking with us that this is being recorded. It's going to be out there for so many people to learn more about celebrating those changes during puberty. So again, thank you. And for some resources for our listeners, no matter what age you are, kidshealth.org is pretty well known in the States here. They have a younger person, a teenage, and then a parent section. And in the teen section, there are actual 
like cartoon diagrams of the reproductive systems. So what Dr. Forna had said to go over that, you can look there. Amaze.org also has a lot of resources. Dr. Fatou Forna, if you go to her website, she'll have a variety of resources. You can also go to pubertyprop.com. You can send me a question, fill out one of those comment boxes, follow us on social media. I'll put links for Dr. Forna in today's description for this episode. And I thank the listeners. I thank you so much for listening in. I feel, again, very blessed and feel free to communicate with us. And I hope you have a happy and healthy day. Thank you for listening to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow the Puberty Prof on Twitter or Instagram. The Puberty Prof, Lori Reichel, wants to hear from you. Go to pubertyprof.com or click on the link in this episode's description. There you can find more information as well as ask questions to be answered by the Puberty Prof in a future episode. That's pubertyprof.com. Also, remember to check out the Talk Puberty app and the book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty. Until next time, this is the Puberty Prof Podcast where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics.